0: Welcome to What Bubbles Up. Pop open your mind and a cold one and get creative with your hosts, Bill and Barry. What Bubbles Up.
1: up, and everybody, and welcome to episode 15 of this season of What Bubbles Up? <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> a show about spooky ideas. Where do they come from, and how do you know when they're truly great? Yes. Yes. The, mu- the muffled fill that everyone is hearing is because he's trying to do this through a rubber Halloween mask of the Emperor, I think, from Star Wars. Is that who that was? I think. I think, Dave, was that correct? No, I think I, I, got a, the... I actually
2: got a crank call the other day with that voice. Oh yeah, <laughs> there you go. Was well, that the emp- was that the Emperor in Star it,
1: Wars? It was the Emperor, and you know, the the dark side of the Force, as they say, uh, has a path to uh, many abilities, some consider to be unnatural, <laughs> like yes. like the intro to this episode. But first, yes. the all important question at hand. Barry, before we get into introducing our very special guest and returning champion is yes what are you drinking
0: well so we tried hard here phil just for this the for the audience we like to have a an episode around halloween every time where we get into horror and thriller and sort of like topics that are that are sort of halloween themed and so we have even though we're a little bit past Halloween here, so I, I tried to stay in that theme, and I have here, um, ha- from Havoc Mead, Psychopomp Sour Cherry Mead here, which oh, has wow. a black Ooh. raven on it. I'm going to read, however, this is the reason. Here. I am
2: scared of your beer.
0: Yes. <laughs> Psychopomp <laughs> is a Belgian style mead brewed with European cherries at high temperature to create a tart, full-bodied mead named after the beings that bring those from the land of the living to the land of the dead. It is extremely extremely popular in both realms so i'm gonna wow. crack this open there ah, you go
2: that's nice
0: there you go oh oh it smells really good it's got that cherry sort of smell so i'll, I'll give it a pour yeah. Bill, what are you uh what are you drinking uh mead is a, a a lovely drink i think it was
1: usually made by monks if i'm not mistaken <laughs> yeah uh, but also the occult yes the with
0: apparently it? sure yeah. well they
1: have their own monks you know that's true that's true that's true well, I went uh, similar. I tried to find the spookiest sk- Look at the color on that thing. That's like ruby red, like blood. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have here yeah. from our friends at Three Floyds. I, I, I had something from uh, Three Floyds. I think they're in Indiana. Yes. Uh, but I thought it was very appropriate to have the zombie dust undead pale ale. Yes. It is uh, an intensely hot and gushing undead pale ale. Uh, created with our marvelous friends in the comic industry, art by Tim Seeley. So I thought maybe. Oh, wonderful! Yeah, that would be cool. And it says, um, uh, "Very simple tagline: It's not normal." Uh, <laughs> and well, I think that describes yeah. us, and and uh, hopefully our guest as well. I think. That's Let me pop right. This open.
0: That's right. While you're trying to crack open the zombie ale there, let me uh, reintroduce our returning horror champion here. So, David Bergantino is joining us once again. Woo-hoo. We're thrilled Thank to have you. him. David is a, is a very well known novelist, video game writer, and creator, and founder of Cold Room Entertainment. David, welcome once again to What Bubbles Up. Thank you. I'm so happy to be back. Yes, yes. Tell us now now you told you texted yesterday. You had gone and sort of prepared. What's the what are you drinking?
2: Okay, so let's start with the costume. Yes. I have (laughs) I have a pumpkin themed shirt on.
0: Yes. Yes.
2: This pendant is from an archaeological dig in the from the center of Colombia. Mm-hmm. And this represents, it's a large monolithic uh, ancient civilization that they dug up. And this represents a sun god. So I might be cursed like Greg was with the tiki in yes. a bunch. Yes. Oh, good. good, good, good. Always a possibility. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Yes. Make sure you
1: don't get the tarantula on you like he did. That's right.
2: Yes. No tarantulas, thank you. Yes. So here,
1: Ooh, look that one.
2: this is called Won't You Be My Neighbor." Oh. Which, if you watch the Netflix show The Watcher, could be very scary. Ah, yes, indeed. All right, well, okay. wonderful. The other thing is, this is from a, a brewery a, around the corner from me, Coseleres, and it's a collaboration with a restaurant across the street. So it's their beer and foraged herbal ingredients that they use at the restaurant, and that's what makes the beer. Wow. Oh, wow. Very that cool. That sounds
1: amazing. Can you say the name of the brewery
0: once more, please? Uh, Cellarrest Project. Okay. Wow. Beer in West Asheville. Wow. Awesome. Awesome. Wow. That, that's a, This might be a high watermark here for beer. I, I don't know. Yeah. Next high next week, mark, it's like too. Bud Light, basically. <laughs> we got to, like, balance
2: it out. Yeah. yeah I the... had Coors Light last time, so... <laughs> uh, Fair enough. <laughs> that's, you know, that's true. That's balancing right. me
1: out. I, I yeah. feel like there's parts of Asheville where... Uh, 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 where herbal ingredients has a completely different connotation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's the, yeah.
0: That's a different kind. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, Let's so, so, uh, uh, David, tell us a little bit about what you're up to. I mean, you're, you're wearing a, you're, you're wearing a pendant from, you know, an archeological dig in, in Colombia. Uh, and uh, you 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 told us that we we had to schedule this for today because you were just coming back from Peru. What in the world was going on in Peru?
2: Well, uh, I went for a party. I went to a party in Peru. <laughs> okay, good, Yeah, was, I've been working with a developer there that I've known for probably ten years or more. But I've been working with them off and on for say five, and then yeah. just did two games together one was just released 2 weeks ago one's being released in a month and started yet another project and it's their 20th anniversary so i went down for their anniversary party and excellent it was great to see people for the first time in years yeah but I that 20 years in the games industry is something to celebrate yeah it's really wow hard to do that yeah, yeah.
0: wow true yeah. True. Yeah. True. true true that's right it is so fickle. That's awesome. So and so they they they've developed these are video games that you're talking about or what kind yeah, of games? Yeah.
2: So so um console games, mostly uh for uh mm-hmm. kids entertainment brands. So the game we just came out with uh was the Nicktoons Kart Racers three. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. and then I wrote all the dialogue for that. And then we have similar games coming out, uh, you know, well, one more this year and then another next year.
0: Yeah, yeah. So just to maybe tee up today's conversation. So, I mean, it came a little bit like we reached out to you. We were looking for some more ideas kind of around this time of year. And we actually got sort of sidetracked a little bit. You told me a little bit about a story when you were down there in Peru around how this company is using AI to write
2: things. Talk, Talk a little bit about that. Well, it's it's. It, it was it was really interesting because the process is you uh, – a publisher will come to the developer, um, say, we need this game with this IP, say, Nickelodeon and cart Racers. Um, you need to tell us what your take is on that. Hmm. And, and you give them a pitch deck, which is, say, 10 to 20 slides that give the creative vision for the game. Well – previous to this, they had concept artists and they had writers and uh-huh. pitch writers. And what, what they, what somebody figured out was now that there's Dali and I keep pronouncing it wrong with G P T three, which one? That's the one. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I yeah. Um, that <laughs> basically these things have gotten so good that what they did was they, they, kind of dumped a bunch of text of what their intentions were for this game into that one of the the AI programs. Yeah, yeah. and, And gave it parameters. We need this to be in, you know, two paragraphs, pithy with this sort of tone. It spits out two paragraphs. They just copy and paste that with a couple edits into their pitch deck. Yeah. Concept art, we need it's these characters in these kinds of vehicles in this setting. You know, we need it bright and colorful because it's for kids. Blah blah blah. Boop, 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 boop. Pitch deck, pitch deck, pitch deck.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. the dolly just like assembles yeah. the art, basically. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 And so, it.
2: and so, I was getting scared because I'm just like, so you're not gonna, you're gonna, not gonna let these these AI write your games, are you? Because I want to do it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Well, let's talk about that because I think that's a fascinating proposition and a, and a potentially spooky one at that, which is how does a craftsperson respond to generative art? And uh, so, you know, Barry, you'll recall, we had Adam Morse on uh, last season, who's uh, running a company called components.ai. They're doing a lot of computational design methods and, uh, and structures. Basically when you can input these things and a bot can spit them out so quickly, does that take away from the artistry? Or does that make a craftsperson like yourself, fear for their livelihood
2: for for me uh, what i've what i've seen in my my general take on it is that it's it's a tool like photoshop like you know yeah. that 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 boosts your ability like i couldn't do without photoshop i couldn't let's, be a good graphic artist or probably not a good graphic artist anyway but there are things <laughs> i could not do Mm-hmm. But me, as a as a non as a as a writer as a person who isn't a, a hardcore, I can I can use something like Photoshop at a high level, and fake my own movie posters. No, these are all real. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and, Those are and legit. And do all sorts of fun things that. It's something that I would have to have someone else do. Like I can do my own pitch decks, for example. Like mm-hmm. you know, minus minus the whole AI aspect of it. Yeah. Um, I could probably start doing that now if, I, if that's yeah. what I'm to do. Mm-hmm. And then as for writing entire games, there right. I I don't know. I'm not afraid of that yet um, because it's so non-standard. The mm-hmm. the whole business of writing in games. There's so much variety. I don't know that. It's we're there yet, and maybe we are, and I I just haven't tried it out, but I don't think we're there yet to be able to, you know, AI generate all the stories and all the scripts for a game. Right. Yeah. Even a moderate size one.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. I I agree. I mean, I've experimented a lot and I I do use I I mean I've used Copy Shark, which has been around for a little bit. There's a bunch of other ones that are more interesting. And for GPT three in particular, <clears throat> sometimes I'm I'm, I'm asked to sort of like answer questions. And what I find is I can actually use some of these applications to start to kind of generate options. And, and, uh, in the same way that search, you know, allows me to find a whole bunch of sort of like image options. And then I can kind of use those and sort of combine things and it becomes something original to me. Some of the, uh, copy that I get out of GPT-3 sort of becomes almost like a collection of different sort of like ideas that I can almost use as a leaping off point that sort of gets me one step beyond the blank sheet of paper and I can kind of start there. But I, I, I don't know. I think we're a while away from like sort of actually writing things that feel, that feel sort of fresh and original. What I do think it's wicked helpful yet is hopefully like you know there's always a lot of writing that can be a little monotonous and a little bit mechanical and so if there's a way to kind of remove some of that so that our effort can be more focused on the more strategic more creative bits i'm all for it yeah yeah i
2: think i think from what i've seen and what i'm getting cuz I, I there's another company that i know that they 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 did their entire uh company branding and, and mission statement by just throwing a bunch of stuff on a whiteboard and yeah. getting everybody together. And then they did the same thing. They they loaded this all into AI, said, what's our mission? Two paragraphs, pithy stuff. Mm-hmm. And they came out with this really nice, crisp mission that they just edited. And I think the the, the, the whole business here kind of reminds, I think it's better at distilling things than it is.
0: Right. Oh, that's uh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is yeah.
2: that a, a script for a game? Would be this. Right. Mm. The vision statement exercises this. That's that's an
1: interesting point. It's it's more. Um, I don't even know if that's a word, but eliminative as opposed to it's 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 convergent, not divergent. As a writer,
2: we'll allow it.
1: <laughs> yes, 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 Thank I like, you. yes, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you're hired by Grammarly, by the way. Yes, yeah. you're in. <laughs> Uh, so so but you also raise a good point like there's a lot of things that these AI driven you know let's you know GPT3 Dolly 2 um, you know all, all of those kind of generative uh, uh, assistance if you will can't do which is write in a non-linear fashion which I think is a lot of what you do and a lot of what game writers do can you t- tell us in our audience a little bit about what that process looks like what why is game writing? One, why is it nonlinear? And two, uh, why is it, for that very nature, why is it just so different than writing a typical script for a movie or or a regular storyline? The
2: the, the simplest way to approach it is you never write, it it was a dark and stormy night to the end in a video game. Yeah, yeah. Uh And what you do is you may come up with a synopsis of a story, but generally what you do is you write... You write the tiles, and the video game is the grout of a mosaic.
0: Yeah, yeah. I love it. I love it. Great. great <laughs> and so you're visual. you're
2: only writing pieces of things. You're never writing this this one continuous uh, through line and text that is strictly what is shown.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you still have to have. But you still have to sort of like understand like the direction of the river. Do you, do you know what I'm saying? Yes, yeah. yes,
2: you, you do. But it's also in three three D if you can uh, think of it that way, because you're not only writing this through line, which is say the main story of of uh, you know an open world game. You're yeah. still playing linear from point A to, to point Z, but um you know but you have this whole world to explore. So you've also got all the stories that are not yeah. part. Of it story and then you've got um those are like the side quests then you've got the business of where you're just walking through a, a village and you hear what people are saying as you're going by so you're filling in the world that way and it's mm. there's, there's part of your non-linear right there because right yeah. it's not part of the part of the flow but it's important for that world to be alive yeah, to have, that, to have that dialogue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I just, to
0: sort of get to the heart of, I think, w- what we want to really talk about today, it's like, whether you're talking about a horror video game, whether you're talking about a kid's video game, whether you're talking about some sort of an adventure game, the level of writing and video games has really never been more important. I would argue to like the success of the game, right? It used yeah. to, it, it's just there's a level of narrative that I just find so fascinating. It, and, uh, and and having sort of an understanding of the art form, the ability to kind of like sort of have this if-then style of thinking, I would argue, or to be able to kind of write in in tiles and sort of like trust that the grout is going to tie it together. Mm. Um, I think it's a narrow set of people. I mean, David, you and I were talking about that 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 can kind of do this right now. It, and it's a, but it because it is kind of an unusual kind of writing too you know you've got these sort of like twin sort of like um uh like uh forces at play one the writing is really really important and then on the other hand it's kind of an unusual form to some way and like there's not a lot of known people that do it like you sort of mentioned that there were like three kinds of writers these days right. in video yeah. games I want to get into that a little bit
2: okay so there's 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 the writers that are embedded in in uh video game companies and that's mm-hmm. particularly in companies where their games are story-based like rpgs um anything by naughty dog like last of us and uncharted yeah uh, mm-hmm. sony sony santa monica god of war um, that's where you need or even dying light um uh where mm-hmm. you need an internal dedicated narrative director a lead writer to oversee all of that, that 3d box that I was talking about earlier. And then, and then you filter it down to other writers, either internally or externally to fill in all of the smaller bits, but you still need that sort of overall vision. And those people are generally very monolithic in their one project, one company at a time.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, and and they're generally they they either stay at that level or go do something else entirely out of the industry if they're not going to write their next thing or they yeah. do or they yeah. do the conference circuit to to, yeah. to, to tread water mm-hmm. and um but then there's then there's the traditional writer in the video game industry which is. Everybody's creative. Everybody's a writer. So your games your came from the programmer, the assistant producer. You yeah. know, it's all internal. The the actual, you know, and I, I I hate to sound like it's not, but the actual, you know, writing expertise is not there. It's more, right. hey, kids, let's put on a show. And, yeah. Yeah. Hey, okay, fine. Um, back in the day, that was okay because we didn't have the tools, for example, to do cinematic, um, photorealistic uh, stuff. Stylization was because the, the, like, like cell shading and cartoon stuff was all there just because the technology wasn't that sophisticated, not because it was an intentional creative choice to create a world like that.
0: Yeah, yeah. And,
2: and so you couldn't present things on screen from a Especially from a like a linear story perspective, from cutscenes that anybody cared about because they were all triangles, you know, that the, the, the yes. that just moved around a lot. Yeah. And mm-hmm. now that you can do that, now that everyone can do that, regardless of whether you're, you know, a, a low budget developer from Eastern Europe or your Naughty Dog, everybody has access to the same two tools, Unreal and Unity. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. They all do okay. everything. Everything looks gorgeous. And so you, you have to now go be on programming, right? To differentiate mm-hmm. because every mechan- every game can use any mechanic it wants to do. Everything still has to look good and that's still a differentiator. But what makes the visuals a differentiator is what world are they in? Right. Yeah. And the world and the story and the characters, that's what writing is. Like I, I rarely even talk about, I'm talking about writing these days, I don't really talk about writing a story. I talk about world creation, world building. Yep.
1: Yes, yeah, yep, yep. That reminds me, you know, Bear, you had mentioned uh, in a previous show uh, the the ILM documentary that's on uh, Disney Plus uh, right oh, now. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And <clears throat> by the by the end, it's like okay, it's all computers, everything's possible. Uh, and so you have all these you know world renowned directors: James Cameron, George Lucas, Steven Spielberg. Uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, saying, well, now that everyone can do everything and anything and everything looks gorgeous, we're back to where we were in the beginning, which is story. The story is still the story. Is still the story. Uh, and the different, to your point, there's, there's three things. One, you know, if you, if, it, if you're doing it for the sake of the visuals, then you've already lost the audience. So there's nothing sticky there. Uh, two, uh, the, the differentiation is is the world that you create, and three, there is a business aspect of to this too, which is it's it can't be linear because if it has an end, then you don't have another uh, uh, ownable addressable market to to sell to because it's over, right? So it's very Hollywood like uh, and MCU ish in 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 the sense that. You know it's just going to keep on going. You need to
0: leave an opening. You need to leave an opening for the next version. Yeah. Wanda, the Scarlet Witch
1: doesn't
2: die. Just spoiler alert, you know?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, The same
2: same with your stuff. Yeah, yeah, I mean, because my background is in in linear entertainment, you know, I've been steeped in Hollywood. I've worked in all the studios, albeit on a game perspective and and Mm a novel. I still have all these traditional... You know, approaches in my head. And one of the things you learn when you work for companies like Disney and Nickelodeon is franchise building versus, oh, yeah. let's create a cool thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so,
2: and that's again why I push for the, the, the story world creation part of it. Because, uh, and the other, the other more simplistic way I describe it is approach everything like it's a TV series, not a movie.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: I yeah. think that's, I think mm-hmm. that's
0: great. What awesome? Dive into a little bit of, of, of what you're talking about though. So like the story is important. You cannot just win just on sort of visuals alone. Everybody has unity and, and, and all that kind of stuff. And yet um, there seems to be this middle space that you were sort of talking about, right? There's, if you're not like one of these companies that has like this whole internal infrastructure kind of like thing, um, And you're not like just willing to kind of like, hey, let's put on a show where maybe you're not going to invest in the writing. There's this whole middle space of very high quality games that sort of like look gorgeous that have a level of sophistication. And yet these companies don't want to hire people who haven't done it before. And so there's a very sort of small window of of people Mm -hmm. like sort of like that's the world that you kind of operate in. I mean, talk a little bit about that and talk about the conundrum that I think you Yeah. You sort of like point out that that's there for writers trying to get in and try to play in that middle space.
2: Yeah. So, so I inhabit this space where, where I'm, it boils down to I'm scalable because I am just Dave. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, yeah, don't
1: size the shelf. You're so <laughs> short. Yeah, I, I can, I
2: can work. I, I can be a little mercenary about it, which is a mercenary about it, which is maybe the the negative connotation that isn't fair. But the idea is that I am not up in the hallowed halls of Uncharted and God of War. What happens right. is, is I'm a guy who who has some writing skills who said tons of experience in both writing and games and I want, all these other people who can't afford those writers Mm -hmm. and wants to do better than, than, um, you know, home-growing their, their narrative. I want everything. I want to apply my skills to those games. Yeah. And I'm okay. If it's, like I said, these a little developer in, in South America or Eastern Europe or any of the big ones. Um, I can, I can scale up and down. Um, I am, I'm in it for the this sounds silly, but but honestly, I'm in it to make to, to give value to narrative that hasn't been there before. It's it's there in isolated, big big circumstances, but it's getting to be more. But again, there's there's not a lot of people at my level who are then flooding the this mm-hmm. middle space to make games better. Yeah, um,
1: kind of a sweet spot, right?
2: It is. It is because, for example, I guess this year I've I'm eight games I've worked on have released. Wow. And that sounds like a lot, but the way a writer integrates into the uh, game development is, it's a drop in drop out thing. So what you're doing is you're playing Tetris with your work. Yeah. Yeah. Efficiency Mm -hmm. to getting a bunch of it done. So I didn't work on eight games all at once. I worked on two or three at a time that all leapfrogged or or, or into other games. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, um, and and so so ah, i lost my train of thought but well but you're able to you're able to
0: because you because you are not full time in any one of these companies you're able to kind of provide them you know really senior really experienced writing talent and you're able to kind of give them each the scale as if all eight of these clients were kind of like one company yes i
2: mean that's but- And that's actually, you you, you just nailed, and I didn't, I'll go my conundrum next, but you just nailed sort of my approach, which is different from a lot of people, which is, I regard myself as a service provider. Yeah. Not Mm -hmm. an, I am an artist, but I say I'm a commercial artist. And and so I don't approach people with the, I am your writer. Mm -hmm. I am the guy who says, if you would like to up your writing game, I can do this, this, and this for you. I, I have been doing this long enough that I can now quantify creative for writing. Oh, he yeah. sounds dangerously like uh, a consultant, I Phil. Was just I'm, say I'm smelling
0: consultant <laughs> language. Yes. He, he's have you been listening to some of our
1: earlier shows? Because this sounds a whole lot like a <laughs> why. You have your why really down pat. I, I no, but it, it is great. No, go go ahead. Sorry.
2: Yeah, and and so and so. So then the the problem is that there are very few pathways into games for just being a writer. Yeah. You, in almost every circumstance, the only way to be a writer in games is to do something else outside of games or to do something else inside of games. Then you get to be a writer. Yeah. Yeah. You either have to have like my experience, which was really parallel, developed in parallel. Yeah. I was writing novels while I was producing video games, Mm -hmm. Uh, but you know, I it's it's really these days it's all about. Well, it's all about that. And the fact that I've been around for 25 years and people are thinking going, Ah, weren't you the guy who was talking about writing in games 25 years ago? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, or you have to start at a company as a tester or a system Mm -hmm. producer. Uh, you know, at, at a low if you're gonna be the only way you get like a writing gig and above is if you're already got that experience, otherwise yeah. you, have to, you have to work your way up. And part of the problem is in movies mm-hmm. or books, you write something, you go around and you can pitch it. There is no place in the games industry for someone to write the story for a game and run around and pitch. It. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause it starts with whatever technology and mechanics that the, yeah. the- has. The only way you, you start with an original game idea and make it is if you have your own team. That's it.
1: Yeah. It, it, this kind of reminds me of there's a movie from the early 90s with uh, Billy Crystal and Alan King, of all people. <gasps> and, and Alan King, his character, uh, I don't remember the name of the movie or his character, but he says, I'm the king of the extras. And, and uh, so it's toward the end of his life, and Billy Crystal is his, plays his son. I'm going to do something nice for him. I'm going to get him an audition, and and so Alan King says, "Well, how do you how are you going to do that?" I'm like, "I'm uh, I'm just going to go in there and talk to him." He's like, you can't get a part unless you have an agent. And he said, "Well, how do I get an agent?" He said, "Well, you can't get an agent unless you have a part." Don't ask the third question.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's exactly that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. But you, you but got I mean, to get the
0: experience
1: or, or 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 get
0: the role, but you can't you yeah. can't get one without the other. Yeah. But I but I mean I so talk a little bit about how you're scaling yourself, David, because it sounds like you're sort of like trying to tackle the conundrum and then yeah. you're also trying to figure out how to scale yourself.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. Um right, because my my skin's very flaky. Um <laughs> no the... <laughs> not that kind of scale. Oh, Thank oh, you. Oh yeah. sorry, I misunderstood. I thought it was a yeah. Halloween thing. Yeah, yeah. Um Lizard so, people. <laughs> so what I'm trying to do is is for one. You know knock on wood lucky me all of the work that's come down my uh come to my uh, that I've been done in the last three years has come to me like I didn't run around going will you please hire me Will you please hire it's just mm-hmm. the world turned in such a way where everybody went oh we need writers you. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah <laughs> they remember me and and it's it's really all about i'm still here after 25 years yeah uh, people yeah. remember that that i used to say stuff like this you know advocate for a story all the time and i was the only writer that anybody ever knew back then yeah right and, and so so now i've got a lot of work coming my way yeah which is great well That's just the work that comes my way because people think of me. I also, it turns out, because I've been around so long, know the heads of studios all over the world who we were all minions together back in the day. Mm -hmm. And studios. Yeah. And they're all taking my calls and and saying. Yeah, we should find a way to work together. And that's going to, and this is all, we're all now getting back into the AAA world, which is all God of War and Dying Light. And so those yeah, are all yeah, yeah. projects. Mm-hmm. And some of them have multiple projects. And so yeah. that means there's at some point, I'm going to hit my own personal limit on what I can do, which is great because that's an opportunity for me to bring more writers into the games industry. Yeah, the that's collective. what I'm doing. I mm-hmm. mean, I, I've been talking to people who are. I've got two people on. I'm going to one's on my site now. You know, Emmy-winning TV writers and producers. I've got a, a, sh- a guy who sh- ran a Marvel show as a producer for for eight years. Yeah, I've got, I've got people just out of college. I've got women. I've got. I've. I'm assembling this shortlist team of writers that I want to promote. With different skill sets, different genre specialties, uh, different perspectives, to not just get writers into the business, because with my contacts I can actually get them work, because yeah. I, I, I'm directly about writing with all of these companies, but also to emphasize the different the reasons why you have writers of different backgrounds to write for you. Mm, right. Um, because and and I I use the crassest example I, I'm just like look Marvel Marvel doesn't get a billion you know earn a billion dollars out of any given movie because it's very narrowly targeted right and yeah. they 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 have different flavors to their different properties. Within each one, there's diversity of perspective, of experience. And yeah, maybe it's exploitative in, in some respects, and maybe it's it's you know for the sake of the the Disney or Marvel brand, but it's there and it works.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: And and so part of my advocacy is to get these different perspectives in your game to broaden the appeal of your game.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 altruistic, but it's also, you know, just good way of networking, giving people opportunity and making the games better. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, it, I'm not making this up because it's already in the script, but, but I am reminded in fact of, you know, a James Cameron and all these other people who came up in the, in the school oh. of Roger Corman. Yes. You know? yes. He, he would do, I mean, he, first of all, he worked his people to the bone. Uh, yeah. Like yeah. 22 hour days, no budgets, barely let like the food service was garbage. Uh, But they came out with, like, you know, a master class in... how to work? How to work on the cheap and get a pretty decent product out of it, and then they make billion yeah. dollar movies. Like,
0: yeah. is that
2: you now? Is that kinda... I am too lazy to make other people work hard. <laughs> <laughs> um, but and it's it's sort of the joy and the, the the this is like I really have found the sweet spot because the thing is about writers in games is it's not cost efficient for the most part. It's not cost efficient to hire a writer on staff. The yeah. stuff the lower level writer. right yeah as it's so drop in and drop out then you you lose the their value if they're sitting there doing nothing for three months while the game is being actually developed and then you have to write to what was developed and that changes again yeah yeah so, so the scalability thing comes in when i'm bringing all these writers in, in more as a as th- they'll all be contractors it'll be like a yeah. collective like uber so so it's 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 not going to be an agency, not going to be a management company. Mm -hmm. There's still a brand being built, a cold room of this is where you come for writers. This is where you come for quality. And and so I'm still going to manage the process a little bit more, Mm -hmm. but... I can now matchmake writers and clients. I can build teams. I'm pitching. I've got two clients who are really excited about about me building teams for them for various projects within their mm-hmm. uh, within their portfolios.
0: Yeah. What I like is, I like the note, I mean, first of all, I do think you should run around calling yourself the uh, Roger Corman of video uh,
2: game writing. I think that's I, a good totally idea. If, if not,
1: if not Roger Corman, at least Harvey Corman.
0: Can we go Yeah, yeah. I'd be more
2: inclined to Harvey Corman.
0: But what I like, I mean, uh, uh, sort of the obvious thing here just is, again, I, I am sure these are incredibly talented writers, but people would be afraid to hire them because the genre of video game writing is yeah. so weird. But they go, you know what? what, I'm going to give him a shot because David's attached. Yeah. David right. can coach them. It's, it's the notion of a studio with a creative director attached. And then when these people become big hits and sort of run off and are the James Camerons or the Ron Howards of the whatever sort of like, you know, they come out of like the Roger Corman studio, I just think that's awesome, man. I just I love mm-hmm. I love the notion of you're kind of creating an avenue for people who maybe are great novelists or great other forms of writer to be able to dip into this very sort of like um specific style of writing. And and I, I just think I think it's just going to I think it's a
2: great model. It's, it's been fascinating because one of the things I'm doing with these writers, every writer gets a test that, that I use excerpts from four projects that I've done that cover different aspects of game writing. And they're like I said, I've got, I've got very experienced writers, novelists, TV, whatever, and it's been fascinating to get their, their versions of the tests. And their problems are not their writing. It's their assumptions that they make about what they're supposed to do based on what they've done elsewhere.
0: Yeah, yeah, and
2: and so like some will like it's just you're just supposed to naturalize this dialogue, make it sound snappy for 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 Western, and then suddenly it becomes an entirely different story because they had this inspiration, and they're like, no, 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 mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the, yeah. the client story. You got to keep it that way.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know,
2: great writing, and so the issues are primarily technical rather than creative. right um it's because they just haven't had to work in these weird formats before and and, and consider you know 10 10 lines that they write as absolutely separate you know lines versus a script
0: yeah you know, all
2: yeah. this different stuff and so it's been great because everybody's been responding with oh wow i i hadn't thought of that and yeah. so by the time these guys get to their first gig, they will have already gone through this process with me of me vetting them and kind of guiding yeah. them and teaching them this stuff. They won't make <laughs> the mistakes like in
0: front of the client. They're they're yeah. already good. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. you covered them. I
1: think it's fascinating. I, not only is it fascinating, I think, one, it's 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 commercially viable, right? It's good business. I also think it's the model of how, one, we're all kind of, Working in the gig economy, even if, we're yeah. Yeah, even
0: if you're working in an agency or a or a or a, a large product company, it's still you almost have to be entrepreneurial within your own business. hundred percent, hundred percent. I do think the nonlinear story
1: form is the norm. I, I, I you know, because it's content that's omnipresent
0: and. Uh, some uh, omnidirectional storytelling. Well, well, the kind of writing that we do, Phil, a lot, UX writing, right? When we're talking about con, you know, content strategy and taxonomies, and sort of mm-hmm. like understanding error messages and all these kinds of things, they're very like if then. They're very video game like. You're not yes. writing, and yet you still have to sort of understand the overall larger brand story. It, exactly. I, I see a lot of parallels. I yeah. do
1: too. It's very conditional. It's based on conditional logic, because yep. uh, you don't know where where the user's going to turn. You don't know where the game player is going to turn, so you got to be prepared for for all of them within a sphere of a universe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: So here's yeah. something for you. I I do I actually do polish on UX text. Mm. Really? Then, yeah, I thought you might be amused by that, but that's that's awesome. Because okay. Because the, what yeah. some companies will do is they'll separate out all the all the more technical stuff that pops up and for tutorials and, and, and like that stuff that is, is behind the scenes of the game, but, yeah. not, but will be exposed to the player somewhere. Yeah. The, 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 the more adept companies, and now I'm suggesting this to others who don't mention it, is I do a pass on that to make sure that. There's no disconnect when when, um, this message comes up and there could be bad grammar or it's not quite in the right tone or it's not clear. You know yeah. what the message is trying to say? So I'll do I'll do passes on that too. I love that's it. I love awesome.
1: it. Uh, you're hired.
2: Yeah, this, this that's right. This 404
0: error has been provided to you by Cold Room Entertainment. Yeah. That's right. Yeah.
2: Powered by. Yeah. Page not. Lack power powered by. Yeah.
0: Hey, so so like what so like just pretend for a moment, then David, you're talking to someone who's a writer who wants to kind of get into writing for video games. Like, what's what's the advice? That you would give them
2: um, the the first in, the first question I would ask is just what are what have they written what are they writing like because it starts with you know the approach starts with what their experience is yeah mm-hmm. because there has to be something and then for anybody with any sort of writing experience um, the first thing to do is you know run around and, and first check check the, the website of any developer or publisher who makes a game that you love. Mm, yeah. That's the very first there. Cause not just go look around the internet, but you know, go first target the first target, the companies that make games that you love, because that can be your, 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 your most natural way in.
0: Yeah. There's a fit.
2: You, you really want that. You're not just being opportunistic. You really want that. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you can prove that to them without without trying too hard. Yeah. Yeah. Um and then generally speaking after that just look around not only and it's important to look around to a lot of places because there are so many different standards for what people want. Like okay, big entertainment company. So here I am doing what I'm doing, right? Big entertainment company where I know the head of the head of the company. I've known them for years. Yeah, I just for kicks decided to apply for a, a, a writing job through their website without. Pulling in favors or doing anything just to see—I got rejected within 24 hours.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, goes to show those ATSs are not all
2: they're cracked up to be. Yeah, (laughs) and I'm like, okay, and and but but more importantly, at least you get start to get a sense of the variety of of qualifications out there and what people are really looking for. Yeah,
0: yeah, And
2: and then beyond that, if you if you don't have the experience. Then A, you have to just go write. Go f- figure out where your writing is going to come from if it's not going to be in a game studio. Because if you don't have it, you're not getting in that game studio to write necessarily. Yeah. If you do yeah. want to get into the game studio without writing experience, then apply for a low level, you know, entry-level position to get in, and then you can show your stuff. Um, but but if with no experience, you are very unlikely to get a even even a look for for a writing position, even a, even a low level one. There aren't any super low uh, level ones because generally, what happens, like in a game like Dying Light or some of the bigger games, if there's a group of writers, generally it's the lead writer they hire, and the lead writer forms a team of people of writers that they know.
1: Mm-hmm. You know,
2: it's not like they necessarily staff it up. Right. Yeah. Right. David, we always love
1: having you on just before we, we close it out. Uh, anything on the horizon, anything you want to tell our listeners about to download or stream or watch as soon as um, they hang up the phone?
2: Well, I apparently, uh, uh, I don't know. I'm, I mean, the, the the last game that came out is Nick tunes, cart racers three. It's not very scary.
0: Uh, <laughs> uh, well, but it's good. Fun. good it's super fun. Yeah. Um,
2: and I I wait till next year. Luckily it's been announced. You've probably seen uh Killer Clowns from Outer Space, the game.
1: Yes. yes. Um, so yes. that
2: was finally announced. I wrote all of that. And awesome. and there's an extra special surprise once once the game happens. Mm. Uh, Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's probably the most exciting thing in my life right now is even though I'm done writing it, <laughs> uh, it's, it's the reaction like, to I it. cannot wait until people see that game and hear it and experience what I've written. Uh, that's probably next late, uh, like early spring. And then mm-hmm. I just, in the last, this'll be fun by next, by this time next year, I just signed a deal to write, um, um, horror game for a major horror franchise. Oh. oh we
1: can't we I'm I'm scared just thinking about the possibilities uh that... yeah it,
2: it I'm it's 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 pretty exciting because it's something that I thought you know I've I've had a lot of I've tried really hard actually to try and write for this particular property for a few years because it's like a, a natural. Mm. And finally someone quite randomly came to me and said, oh yeah we were going to work on a game, but we got this other game. You like horror, right? Okay, why don't you write this game? I'm like... Uh, Dude, okay. Oh my god, you <laughs> like horror, right? What yeah. the heck?
0: <laughs> like, have you looked at my IMDB? What the yeah. hell? <laughs> Look at his
2: wall. I mean, oh my god. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, it's funny because this particular game is for a publisher that I've now done a bunch of games for, so I thought... It was just, a, you know, through the publisher. Well, it turns out it wasn't even through the publisher or even the developer who I've been wanting to work with on other stuff for years it was actually the, the the sound engineer who recommended me from the. the beginning. There you go. Oh, you there you go. Yeah, yeah. Be nice to everybody
0: <laughs> yeah, in the exactly. business. That might be the advice. Yeah. Yes. Burn a bridge. Don't yeah. Scare yeah. them. Yeah.
1: Very. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's time for the close. Although I think I let's go to, to the close. Keep, keep yeah.
0: Talking about this. Go ahead. Yeah. So like, what am I going to steal here? We always like to end every episode with like things that, that we're personally going to steal and that people listening to what bubbles up can steal from, from what Dave was talking about. I'm, I'm going to steal sort of just, I just, I love the notion of, um, that when you create opportunities for others, Um, to excel, there often is kind of like a sort of a a, a business, there's business there for yourself, quite frankly, Mm -hmm. I just sort of Mm -hmm. love that notion of um, kind of like figuring out like you, you sort of see an opportunity, you see a market need, you see, uh, you know, there's certainly a place for you to try to fill it. But really, by being generous, I would sort of argue, like of yourself, and just kind of to the business that you really have a lot of passion for. I think David has really stumbled onto something that's really great. I, I, I mean, I, I feel like there's long been like sort of this collective idea around the way you handle front end development sometimes for smaller games or maybe even the way that you handle like large scale sort of like design or that kind of thing. Writing has always been sort of thought of as a little bit solitary, but I love this notion of like he saw an opportunity to kind of create a collective that allowed people to leverage their talent under the cover frankly of what what David already has which is sort of the credibility and he, and he mm-hmm. kind of created a new marketplace for what i think is going to be a, a, the next generation of great writing talent uh, in this space phil what are you going to steal well i love all of that that that's all very true and
1: i think you know david's embrace of of being the commercial artist i think mm. is is not just refreshing in some respects but also completely market necessary. Yeah. Uh but I, but the thing I'm going to steal I think is this 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 embrace of using technology in new and interesting ways not as a potential replacement of fear, of and and a fearful one at that of your craft but as an augmentation of what mm. of what it is that you do that really sets you apart. Um there you know, and and knowing its place I think is also the the other thing because you you know right now we're still in a space and I think I Completely agree with what you said earlier. AI is not replacing uh, the ability to write a whole story, but fit for purpose, it can ac- definitely accelerate the stuff that you kind of don't want to spend a whole lot of time doing. And then let your let your art, let your craft, let your expertise shine through. Uh, and also the embrace of new forms of storytelling, I think, is also very interesting because you're seeing this market trend. I mean, you've been on it, you know, for much longer than a lot of people have. Uh, but now, you know, showing other people, you know, helping them helping them see the light of what storytelling in the 21st century actually looks like. And uh, I guess uh, I guess, what they say is not true. You can teach an old dog new tricks, uh, uh,
0: <laughs> Are you saying that Dave is an old dog? I'm wait, wait, I'm, I've we, lost the analogy. I'm saying <laughs> if
1: forget about what you know and how seasoned you are in your experience. Always yes. be willing to learn, pivot, and try yeah. new things, and but still infuse your own art through it, and it'll
0: it'll spawn off in new and interesting ways. I agree. I agree. David, David. So like, what, what are you taking away from the conversation, David?
2: Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm taking away a, a focus on, on this new technology as tools. Cause I think I told you, I'm, I, I've been so stuck in my, cause look at its base, Mm -hmm. writing is still what it was 20 years ago, 50 years ago, 75 years ago. Mm -hmm. Technology for film and technology for games has evolved, but the basics of writing and what it needs to accomplish hmm. um, is still. And this is this is why this all still works because it's still, it, and that's a constant. It, it's been a constant. But then yeah. to to then use some of these new tools to explore like you said, explore new ways to approach that, and and see and see what comes out of that. Um, could be could be really interesting, but like mm-hmm. for now, I kind of really really rely on the fact that really storytelling is what storytelling has been since be- you know since we were all s- sitting around a campfire, mm-hmm. you know, all very very hairy. Well, yeah. hairy we are now. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, yeah. it, it, but the the business of the of of how you how you tell stories for some of this like VR is isn't. Is it's still a niche, but it's still an interesting thing you have to solve for in storytelling, and yeah. the tools to then tell stories, like using AI. Like, how do you use that in an optimum way if you're going to do a long-form game, for example?
0: Yeah, yeah. How mm-hmm. do you use Yeah, I think it's fascinating to think about. Awesome. Well, David, once again, uh, thank you so much for joining us here. Phil, why don't we kind of like roll into our clothes here, I think. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. So like what bubbles up listeners, happy Halloween, a couple days late for all of you. Um, And uh, thank you once again to uh, David Bergantino, the founder of Cold Room Entertainment, writer, novelist, uh, the Roger Corman of video game writing. I don't know. We're going to try for that. Yeah. Uh, and uh, thanks to all of you once again for listening to another great episode of What Bubbles Up. Please subscribe. Please share with your friends. We can find What Wubble, Bubbles Up here, of course, on Anchor, on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Spotify, oh. and several other platforms that I always sort of forget. Or, of course, you can always find Penny Past episode of our past three years in counting of What Bubbles mm-hmm. Up by visiting whatbubblesup.com. Phil? Absolutely. If you want to get in touch
1: with us, please feel free to do so by emailing us at whatbubblesup at gmail.com, or you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at whatbubblesup. Once again, thank you so much, and a happy Halloween to David Bergantino, novelist, video game writer, and uh, founder of Cold Room Entertainment. We will mm. see you on the next episode of What Bubbles Up. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> what bubbles up? I don't know. I don't know. What bubbles up? My peel's popping
0: off my conca. What bubbles up? What bubbles
2: up? The dark side of the force is a pathway to many abilities some consider to be unnatural. <laughs>